Rule is that if you take one of my toys on Christmas, I get to take it back. That's the rule, right? That should be the rule in every house. If you steal someone's toys, they take it back. It's just fair, isn't it? You don't have to say, well, uh, maybe I'll let you play with it for 10 minutes. No, if it was mine, I get to keep it. Now, that may sound like a strange thing, but you'll see where I'm going with this. We take back things that get stolen from us, right? Or if they don't get stolen, suppose you just lose one of your Christmas presents. You go and get it back, right? You love that thing, and so you take it back. You don't just say, well, I guess it's no big deal. I didn't really own it for all that long. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Christmas is coming again next year. Mom and Dad will get me a new one. No, if you lose something, you go and get it back. But suppose that we were talking about things that can't be touched, that can't be felt. Suppose someone took from you those things which are intangible. Imagine, if you will, that someone stole from you your heritage, that someone stole from you the memory of your father and your mother, that someone took from you the memory of your brothers and your sisters, that someone had the audacity to take away from you the life of your cousins and your aunts and your uncles and your great-grandparents and all the way back, would you just say, no big deal? Or would you want to get it back? Something sad has happened in the church. We've lost our sense of who we are. We've lost our heritage. We've lost the memory of the martyrs and the saints and the apostles and the evangelists. Oh, sure, we know some of their names, Matthew, Mark, I think there's a Luke, right? John, Peter, Paul. We know a few of them, but by and large, the memory of the saints is not strong among us. And I don't just say that um, here at St. Paul's. I mean among the church at large. We are very much prisoners of the present moment. We suppose that we just kind of happened, and there wasn't much that came before us. And if it did come before us, well, it doesn't have much to do with us now. And that's a sad thing. It's as sad as a child who doesn't know his father. It's as sad as a child who doesn't know his brothers and sisters. It's as sad as a child who doesn't know his aunts and his uncles. This is the Christmas season, right? We're celebrating all of our families, even those families that we don't really like to be around. You know, your crazy aunts and uncles, your strange cousins. Well, I want to give back to you your cousins in the church. I want to give back to you the saints who have gone before you so that you might remember that you are part of a great train. Some of you have big families. Some of you like being part of a big family. Some of you may not like being part of a big family. But I'm here to tell you that today, as Christians, you are, some, you are part of something far greater than a couple of aunts and uncles loosely slung together. You are part of a church that goes all the way back to Jesus Christ. You have uncles and aunts in the faith. You have fathers and brothers. You have mothers and sisters who have gone before you. And that, that heritage, is worth holding on to. See, what happens if you forget your heritage? Well, it will get replaced with something else. And here is the real tragedy, that as we have forgotten those who have gone before us, as we give them very little thought, we make a lot of things that are kind of trivial. Let me give you an example. I asked the Bible class this morning who their heroes were. 
And I'm not going to tell you their answers. It doesn't matter. But ask yourself this morning, who are your heroes? Do you have any? Do you have heroes who you could say, this was a man or a woman who I knew, not someone in a movie, not someone on a screen, not someone who you read about in a book somewhere, but someone in your own life who actually lived with you? Do you have people like that? Sadly, many don't. For many, heroes are just, you know, the stuff of Marvel. Or they're people who play on a field somewhere. They're athletes. Or maybe, maybe their heroes are those who were great um, political figures. What often happens is as we forget our true fathers and mothers in the faith, we get them replaced by those who are temporary, fleeting figures. And that's a problem because if we forget where we have come from, if we forget those who've gone before us, we become spiritual orphans. And spiritual orphans are open to all kinds of misdirections. Think about how much we know about trivial stuff. Now, some of you are very big on trivia, and I don't begrudge you that. I like to know a lot of trivia myself. But if all we know are trivial things, if all we know is who is Spider-Man and who is Batman and who is Superman and who is whatever other Marvel Universe figures there are, if all we know are who played point guard for the University of Kentucky in the year 1984, I don't know that one, but that's a good trivia question, right? If all we know is who was the governor or who was the president or who was the representative in the year 1977, well, we are paying very close attention to trivial things. Now, again, trivial things are not insignificant. It's not bad to know all of those things. But if that's all we know, there's a big void, isn't there? Because those figures will shape us. They will guide our hopes, our dreams, our energies. They will shape us, whether we're aware of it or not, in what is the right way to live, what is the good way to live. And if we put all our hopes and all our dreams in those trivial things, then when they disappear, our hopes are sunk, our dreams are sunk. Isn't that what accounts for a lot of the angst in our nation these days? We put a lot of hope in certain political candidates, and it didn't really pan out. And so everything seems lost. But I'm here to tell you that it's not lost, because you are part of something better than the United States of America. And that's no knock on the United States of America. You are part of something far greater than the University of Kentucky. Are, are, they, having, are they good this year? I don't even know. <laughs> You are part of the Holy Christian Church. And this is why we remember people like St. Stephen. We remember Stephen so that we may remember that we are part of something that endures even death. That we are part of something that no one can take away from us. We are part of something that cannot be lost, that cannot be stolen. You are part of a great train of witnesses who have gone before you and who will come after you. So recover it. This morning, that's what we're up to on St. Stephen's Day. We are taking back what is ours. We are taking back what Christ Jesus gave to us. Because here's the joy of Christmas, that Jesus was born, that he became our brother to surround us with a whole bunch of brothers and sisters. 
Jesus did not come into this world to save solitary people in isolation from everyone else. The Son of God was born among men so that men and women may be born into the family of God. He gave you the right to be called children of God, and so you are. And in that family of God, you've got a bunch of crazy aunts and uncles. You've got a bunch of crazy brothers and sisters like St. Stephen. St. Stephen may be a strange name to invoke on December 26th. Maybe you thought you would come and just sing Away in a Manger and Silent Night. After all, Christmas is for lullabies, right, Pastor? But today we sing about the Son of God going forth to war. We sing about a great train of witnesses. We sing about a host, and it's fitting, isn't it? It's actually fitting that as we celebrate Christmas, we don't just remember the cute infant Jesus. Although surely Jesus was cuter than any of our kids, right? It had to be. But he didn't remain cute. He didn't remain an infant. And when we celebrate his birth among us, we aren't just celebrating a cute baby being born. The world is full of cute babies. What we are celebrating is the Son of God coming to save those who were lost. We are celebrating the Son of God coming to restore to us what Adam had lost long ago. And so we hear about Stephen, St. Stephen. We hear about a martyr. Now, do you know what that word means, a martyr? Martyr is a legal word. It means a witness. And so generally speaking, anyone who is a witness is a martyr, right? Anyone who gives testimony is some kind of a martyr. You can see why that fits Stephen. He stood before the council in Jerusalem, the Jews in Jerusalem, and he gave a witness, didn't he? He gave a witness about the righteous one. Jesus Christ. His testimony was that Jesus was the true Messiah, that Jesus had come, and that they had rejected him. And so Stephen's testimony stood out, calling them to repent, to return to the Lord. And then Stephen faced what real martyrs face, because that word martyr doesn't just mean any old witness. It means a witness who lost their life because of their witness. That's a costly kind of testimony, isn't it? Could you imagine saying something that would cost you your life? I imagine if if any of us thought that if I say this sentence that's in my mind and I'm going to lose my life because of it, we would probably think two or three times before we let those words come out of our mouths. Well, Stephen knew what he was doing. Stephen could look in the face of those who were gnashing their teeth at him. He knew that when he talked about Jesus, it enraged them. And he didn't hold back. But suppose he did, right? Suppose Stephen, you know, thought for a minute about the pros and the cons of giving his witness. Suppose he thought, well, you know, if I don't say anything now, I can preserve my skin. If I don't say anything now, I can, you know, have a nice, comfortable life. I can probably have a few kids. I can settle down with with that girl. (laughs) I don't even know if Stephen was married. And we can have a nice, calm, peaceful life. If Stephen had done that, guess what? No one would remember him. No one would remember him at all. But because of his witness, because of his testimony, because of the Holy Spirit who was burning in Stephen, we remember him and we celebrate him. 
Because in Stephen and in all of the martyrs, we see the glorious outcome of Christmas. We see the destiny that Christ Jesus has laid up for those who love his appearing. We see how the Son of God has come into this world to destroy the works of the devil. How he has come to destroy even the fear of death. Could you imagine a worse fear? People can say they're afraid of the dark, they can say they're afraid of all kinds of things, but it's really the fear of death that is the worst. Suppose you weren't afraid of it. Suppose you believed, right, that actually death was something that was in your rearview mirror. Could you imagine the freedom that would give you? Could you imagine the freedom that you would have if you weren't afraid of death? Well, don't imagine it, dear friends. This is the gift of Christmas. For Christ Jesus has taken your sins upon himself. He has died in your place. He has borne your curse. He has taken the judgment that you deserve. And in place of that, he has given you righteousness. He has given you full standing before God the Father. Why should we fear death? Because it's scary, Pastor. Certainly it is. But we know the victory. We know that Christ Jesus has appeared to put away the works of darkness, that he has brought life and light into this world. And so we claim back with Stephen that confidence. That's what St. Stephen's Day is all about. It is about reclaiming that spirit that was born in you. For you are an heir of the martyrs. You are an heir of St. Stephen. All of you who have been baptized into Christ have been filled with the very same spirit that St. Stephen was filled with. You have the Holy Spirit poured out in your heart and in your mind. You have been brought into the true faith. You know, you know that Christ Jesus suffered for you, that he was raised for you, and just as surely as that water was poured on your head, he claimed you as, your, as his own. And he doesn't lose his people. He doesn't give them up. He doesn't say, well, I'll get some more of them, so no big deal. No, he wants to keep you. He wants to hold you. He wants to have you as his own, and he wants to make you his witnesses in this dark world. So today we take back Stephen. We take back December 26th, not as a day to sleep in and wear your pajamas all day, but as a day to remember Saint Stephen and to share again in his vision. Did you hear what, Pete, what Stephen saw when he looked into heaven? I see Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Now, Stephen actually saw that. He saw Jesus standing in glory at the Father's right hand. He saw Jesus victorious. But you see that too, don't you? By the eyes of faith, you know that your Lord, who was born in that stable long ago, you know that he has been raised to the right hand of God. And what that does for you, if you share that vision, is it gives you this freedom. It gives you this victory over the fear of death. It gives you this same kind of spirit that St. Stephen had, the spirit of boldness, to speak about Jesus, to actually testify to him, to give a witness to him, even if it means that people look at you a little bit funny. Oh, you're one of those kind of Christians, huh? You're one of those who goes to church? <laughs> You're one of those who goes to church on December 26th. You're one of those who invites people to church. Yes, be one of those. You're one of those who lives your life according to Jesus' commands. Yes, be one of those witnesses. What have we to fear? What have we to fear? People kind of thinking we're strange. 
So what? If you have the comfort of knowing Christ Jesus, if you know how he is towards you, if, he, if you know that he is standing at the right hand of God, then what difference does it make if the people around you think you're weird? Who cares? Throw off their worries. Throw off their concerns and reclaim the boldness of St. Stephen. Reclaim his love because it was his love that motivated him to speak. It was his love for those who were gnashing their teeth at him. It was his love for those who picked up stones and threw them at him that motivated Stephen to speak. We must have that same love. We can't simply look out at the world and say, these people are crazy. They've lost their common sense. We say that kind of stuff all the time, don't we? And it's true. Without Christ, people will have no common sense. They won't. But you have to tell them about Jesus. How else will they hear? You have to show them Jesus. How else will they know? Don't swallow your tongues. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Take back your heritage as sons and daughters of Stephen's, as his little cousins. What would he think of us? What would he say about us? I'll tell you what he would say. He would say, follow in my train. You have the same confidence I have. You know that Jesus is standing at the right hand of God. Let that vision, let that sight drive away all of your fears and give you courage to speak. Take back what is yours, dear friends. You are part of a great train of witnesses who have gone on before you and who will continue after you. Let us all take up our parts. To Christ be the glory now and always. Amen.